I love that we're going to release an episode on a Wednesday after not releasing an episode last week. We're just going to start throwing podcasts at people because why not? It's glad someone asked where we were. CavsCorner.com podcast. CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the place where Franklin State's in the west end of Richmond, where it is, gosh, what day is it? It's uh, it's Tuesday, uh, July the 19th. Obviously, uh, we are off, are off schedule. We we took off last week because at least one of us was on vacation. I'm not going to name any names. Um, and then just through some scheduling stuff needed to record tonight. So you get this early, but also kind of late because we didn't re- re- record one last week. Anyway. Um, there has been a lot going on as I forget, I think it was Ferber who mentioned it in our text thread today that like, there's like, it feels like the, the, there's been a, like a seismic shift of things since we last recorded and thought, Oh, nothing will happen. Um, and then we had swim, 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 Sam, we had swim, swim, we had Chris long, uh, kids can't talk right now. We're going to the SEC, um, and all kinds of fun stuff. So anyway, tonight we are going to talk conference realignment. Um, if this is a topic that bores you, I'm, I'm not sure what is, is going on for you these days. Um, we're going to talk about UVA slash the ACC's options. We'll look at a couple of different um, possibilities and which ones we like the most. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First in Fishersville, uh, board moderator du jour, David Spence is on the podcast. How are you going, my friend? Pretty good. I'm excited that after a 13-day break, we come back on my anniversary. My wife's very happy about that. I am get happy anniversary, dear. <laughs> we had a great time. Anyway, who days on the board? I had who days on Twitter. His wife is a hokey, and if she actually listens to this podcast, I'm going to be so impressed, <laughs> so so impressed. And up in Charlottesville, uh, editor in chief. I almost called you staff writer. Editor in chief Justin Fur was also on the program. How's it going, my dude? Not bad. Maybe she's just bitter because they're going to be playing Southern Miss in two oh, years. Oh, boom. Nah, not really. I don't really think that's what's going to happen. One can dream. Well, I just underscore Ferber on Twitter. One can dream. Cavs Corner, also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for in-game updates, content items, and the occasional Woody Banter. All right. So I, I don't think we need to necessarily recap things because it has been long enough. It certainly feels like right now, after the uh, Pac-12, uh, Big 12 potential merger has fallen to pieces, that... There might not be any like news news, and I feel like me saying that just basically ensured that tomorrow something crazy will break. But certainly the the rumor, at least as it was the day after we recorded, was Virginia, North Carolina, Clemson, and Florida State to the SEC. Now, since then, there's been a lot of talk about grant uh, grant of rights. We're not going to get into the, all of that other than to say the ACC's uh, grant of rights seems to be pretty ironclad, and at least the SEC is posturing publicly to say that they're not going to get into adding teams that have to deal with that. Um, they're going to let teams figure that out for themselves. And then I guess, consider them, which would in effect eliminate ACC teams, at least for now 
as of being options for the SEC. I don't believe that is even remotely true, but I do understand why they're posturing in such a way, and I don't think it's worth our time nor your time as listeners to try to get into the legality of grant of rights and all that nonsense. What we are going to do instead is we're going to we're going to play a game of uh, just reckless prognostication, right? We're going to we're going to talk about sort of the options on the table and what we would like to see or what are maybe the best options for UVA and, and the ACC. Um, the easiest place to start is to is to start with no change at all. Now, I think it's realistic to excuse me, unrealistic to think that there will be no change. Um, but if for let's start if if we just stay status quo, right? Um, USC and UCLA move to the Big Ten, and everybody else stays exactly where they are. Um, take take away the the real world, like you know what the hell of it all. But what do you what do you think if that's the way this all works out? Yeah, I mean, I think that might be the scenario that is most likely for the next year or couple years. But I do think if you ask me right now, I would say something will shake out with the Pac-12 or the Pac-10 now and the Big 12. That, that's the numbers got it. They got to do something with the numbers. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think th- there'll be something that happens there. But I mean, the consequences of what you're saying in the immediate are really not that relevant for UVA or, or anyone in the ACC, you just fall further behind from a money standpoint um, compared to the other, to the big 10 and the SEC, which is something we've talked about last time, but um, those, that gap will get bigger in the years to come right now. There's already a gap, but you know, it's not as big as it's going to be once the SEC and big 10 get their new TV contracts. But right. you know, right at that point, you would just be kind of waiting around to see what Notre Dame does. It seems like they're pretty comfortable where they are. If they get a good TV deal to stay independent with NBC, then I, and then they sign it. Then I think that that tells you that they're not going to go to a conference. Um, and it, it just kind of relegates the ACC a little bit to second-class citizens in college football. Um Ultimately, if that's the way it goes for the time being, I think that not a whole lot would change. Um, you know, the ACC sort of locked into the grant of rights, assuming that it is as ironclad as people seem to think for 14 more years. So you would just kind of continue as you are and, and you might fall further and further behind teams in other leagues, which means it would have like recruiting consequences and things like that. Um your games might not get the exposure because like the sec is going to be on ESPN primarily now, like they're, you know, they're not, they're going to move that CBS game over. So um, there could be a trickle down from that. Um, but ultimately you're still playing the sport. You still have access to the playoff. Once the playoff goes to 12 or whatever happens with it, that's when things will sort of change. Cause then you can start to look at who gets in the playoff. Is there, are there automatic qualifiers for conference champions? Are, are there not? Um, the latter would obviously favor the sec, and the big 10, um, if the ACC has access to the playoff, you know, even in a status quo environment where they don't have as much money per school, you know, they can still, the, the dynamic wouldn't change dramatically for UVA. It would just be sort of harder to, harder to get top end talent, harder to win at the highest levels of the sport. But, you know, you're sort of not, you're not like playing a completely different game than the other two leagues. Um, the options where things don't stay the same are the ones that are probably more dire, I would say. Dave, what do you think? Any reactions to what Ferber just sort of laid out? Any um, any differences of opinion there? No, I think, you know, that's just pretty much where we are right now. Um, and that is very much the status quo. It's not like the ACC is not second fiddle when it comes to football already. Um, so I don't know if you need to panic and try to figure out yeah. some way to change because of that. Um, 
mean, there's nothing they can do to not be in that position. Even yeah. if they added like Notre Dame, I don't think that makes like the league better. They make more money, but they're not better. No. And like, you know, that's kind of one of the points I want to make sure I made tonight was, you know, it's kind of, we are talking about these leagues, like they don't have terrible teams in them. Um, they do. It's just, they've got more high, you know, more top end teams because there's only a handful of those teams to go around. So I, I don't know that, you know, if you've got Alabama and LSU and Florida and Georgia and Ohio state and Michigan, um, there's not many of those schools, you know, I can't remember the number, but it's, you know, it's less than a dozen schools that have won a national title in like 20 something years. So if you don't have one of those schools um, and if you don't have multiple, there's no way you're going to be equal. So, you know, I, I don't think there's any reason to make a rash decision, like, you know, short of adding Notre Dame. I, I, mean, I don't know if there's a combination of teams not committed to the big 10 and sec that wouldn't still make you second fiddle to what the other, what those conferences already have. Right. So you just take your time and make your decision the best way you can i think as we segue into sort of the idea of adding things the the thing about status quo that is a little bit of an unknown is dave you just said something a second ago about you know teams that are um sort of being the the the, the upper end right the idea of like you know you you have you have the teams who are going to win games and i think ultimately if we're going to get if you're if you really want to get into it like the brands that the acc had were actually not bad right Granted, for every you know Miami, there was a Syracuse. But again, to your point, it's not like these leagues don't have teams that are bad. The problem for the ACC has been historically that its top end, you know, powerhouse sort of um, you know blue blood programs, teams with national championship um, backgrounds and such, right? They didn't they didn't up in there they didn't uphold their end of the bargain once expansion happened, right? Florida State has been down. Miami has just been you know chaotic all over the place. Virginia Tech has been down. Um, and and I think that if you look at what, you know, Clemson obviously had a lot of success. But what was so weird about Clemson's success is that it almost happened in a way that made the ACC look worse because it just sort of shined a light on the fact that there was just like nobody to really compete with them, right? You might have a game. It was always a question of like, well, you know, will Clemson stay undefeated? You know, oh, they're going to Winston-Salem. You know, oh, they're going to be in... You know, such as like it was. It was more about like can Clemson continue to just keep beating up on all these little guys, as opposed to man, look how dominant this team out of the ACC is, because there was nobody really to challenge them. I still wonder if this thing does stay status quo for a couple years, and you can get some traction. You know, teams actually playing well and that kind of thing. What moves the needle ultimately is not just branding it does that that is a big part of it if you're talking tv deals and stuff but success has a way of quickly changing that right like it wasn't that long ago that alabama was a nobody um now it was a spell of time where they were a nobody they were like sort of an afterthought but it wasn't that long for them to turn it around now i'm not i'm not going to sit here and argue that the acc has an alabama just waiting but the but the acc does have a couple of programs who have that sort of pedigree and I'm telling you, if 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 Cristobal can do at Miami, um, what hell half of Miami fans think he's going to do right away? I mean, if he right? could just do what he did at Oregon, that yeah, would exactly. Like that would be start. a huge step in the right direction. <laughs> because if because if if Miami was a top fifteen team, a top ten team, Florida State was a top ten, top fifteen team. You know, now you start to think about the ACC a little different. I'm not saying that like oh, you know, they're going to like nickel and dime their way to earning a hundred million dollars per. 
uh, institution per year. I'm not, I'm not crazy, but I do think that there is a part of this, which is not just like, Oh, here is insert name of traditional powerhouse school there that they're adding. It's also like, how good are these teams? And the ACC has kind of been, butt, right? Like they, they've kind of been bad. Um, and so I, I do think that there's a part of this is that like, can teams sort of turn it around? So if it does stay status quo, teams actually winning some games would be nice. You know, putting some, you know, putting some good stuff out there would be a good step in the right direction. Now let's assume that the ACC does not stand pat. Let's let's imagine a scenario where the ACC goes shopping. Um, clearly, Notre I think Dame. That scenario is already underway. <laughs> I think that's yeah. I think, I think that's very much underway. We're in this scenario. We're, we're gonna we're gonna cover all the all the all the avenues, right? Um, uh, so. We know Notre Dame is the one. Now, it seems like to me, and and I, I did not read like their TV deal, um, you know, in 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 detail. I don't have that that document in front of me, but it certainly seems like from what's reported that it could be good news for the ACC if if Notre Dame ends up taking what is reported at least as of now to be offered to them from NBC. Um, but even so, you you want Notre Dame. That's the big fish that you that you conceivably could keep away if nothing else from the Big Ten. Um, are what other programs would you want, Dave? Are are there other anybody else out there that you would you would think they could realistically get to add? If the even if we're going to say the Atlantic Coast Conference is going to go national uh, and is no longer going to be just the Atlantic Coast Conference, um, yeah. what schools would you want to add? I mean, just. Like Notre Dame, that's a given, right? Like if you're not right, adding yeah, Notre yeah, Dame, yeah. you're they're, dumb they're to, number one. to think about expansion. Um, and the caveat being, with the Granite Rights rules as they're written now, you're not going to be able to add anyone because mm-hmm. um, no one's going to come in and sign that document like they seem to be required to. Yeah, that's so, the thing that people aren't talking about. They're like, does that get schools out of the agreement? That, that Basically, people have looked at that and said no. no. So people <laughs> that think that are wrong, but like – also, but I mean, that could open the door for legal challenges, I guess. But the problem is maybe on the back end where it's like the teams joining want to sign the, the document. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's going to be the barrier and ACC maybe have to let that go. Um, let's, let's assume they figured all that out. Um, and it, it comes down to TV markets and, and brands like, you know, your first thought when you think about this, we got to go find a good football team where, well, that's not really it, right? Like it's got to be a good football team or, a good athletic program in an area that brings a lot of eyes. Um, so, I mean, I hate to say it, but you might have to go out West um, as much as I hate the idea. Um, you know, Oregon and Washington are probably the most attractive ones sitting out there. Maybe you could look at some of the big 12 schools, um, you know, Texas tech or someone like that, but you know, you've right. got to go. You, I don't know anyone. I can't think of anyone in the, on the East coast um, that makes sense. That's going to add TV markets. You don't have that are going to bring enough potential, you know, or excite people enough to generate the TV revenue you need to offset doing it. Um, so I mean, I think at that point, you know, it's no longer the ACC it's whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, getting back to your original question, I, to me, it's between, Oh, I'm torn. I mean, Oregon brings a lot from a national exposure, but I don't know how many people really watch their games, you know? Um, but, you know, it's decent. Washington's got a good football program. Um, but for me, it's kind of hard. Like, I don't know how you can compete against SEC in the Big Ten if you don't have Texas, you know, market some some school in Texas. So, 
finding one that's got the academic requirements or the, or the ACC has always wanted is very difficult, right? Like you can, Baylor's a good school, but you know, they've got their, they got some other stuff going on got to get a little <laughs> bit. And then Texas tech, you know, I think Texas tech is lower rated than Louisville. Um, I think TCU is a pretty good school. Yeah. TCU, you know, they've had some run-ins too, but yeah. And they're you know, in so one of those three. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to go TCU because that probably makes the most sense of those three Texas schools. Um, and at least, you know, that's still quite a ways away, but that's not all the way across the country. So I'd start with TCU. All right. So let's, let's, uh, let's assume. All right. So let's say the ACC is going to add, cause you want to get to 20, I'm guessing. Right. So let's say they're going to add, they're going to go to 20. Um, they get, and let's say the Notre Dame is among them. Right. So that's 15. So now you need five more. Right. I think Oregon and Washington would be on the list. I think Stanford and Cal should be on the list, but that's just me. Um, I understand that, um, you know, there's a weird thing with the coast. and I, I think you. No, but if you're going to add Oregon and Washington, I think you do add Stanford and Cal because it, yeah, like, you know, logistically, that gives you a chance to fly out, play some games, and come back. Yeah. yeah. The problem is adding both of them is redundant. Like, well, but, but I think nobody it, it watches does, Cal's games. The, well, that's, that's fair. But I think the, the flip side of that is nobody watches Wake Forest either. Right. And you, you're, you're at this point, what you're trying to do is to make your league stable. And if you can add Cal, which is a school that fits the, at least the academic footprint, um, it's part of the California system. Um, I get that it's not UCLA. I get that it's not USC, but I do think that it, you know, realistically you got to add somebody. And I would rather them, for, for example, I would rather them add Cal than like UConn, right? Oh, yeah, I agree you with know, that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, it's almost like if you're going to take, I think you take Stanford because you, you can look at it from the athletic department standpoint and there's a whole lot that makes sense there. But if you need, if you're, if you got Notre Dame and you need five, Oregon, Washington, maybe you get, you know, today's point, maybe it's TCU, maybe it's Baylor. Um, if you get Notre Dame, the game is different. That's like, true. That's very true. And I mean, maybe they maybe they get Notre Dame and they add one more and they stick at sixteen, right? Like, maybe that you know, maybe that is it. Maybe they do that. They get Notre Dame, and they add one Texas school, and then they just you know don't worry about the West Coast. But I just think that from a protect from from doing what you can standpoint, I get where you're coming from. That like you don't really add a lot by adding Cal on top of Stanford. You don't really get a lot probably from adding Cal in general, even though it's a California team and it opens up the quote unquote market to Ferber's point. Like people don't watch those, that team's games. Maybe Stanford gives you everything you need. And Stanford would fit the least the footprint of the ACC, except for like the geographical aspect. But um, Ferber, what would you, what would you do if you, I mean, obviously assuming Notre Dame is one of the, one of the ones you add, what do you do with those other five? Do you, do you go to 20? Do you think 16 makes more sense? I mean, if I'm adding Notre Dame, I'm probably sticking at 16 and seeing what happens. But I mean, I just don't see that happening, at least in the in the you know near future. But I mean, honestly, like what I would probably do the the real answer is you go to ESPN and say like, help us. Like, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? Right. Because like you know, if you're not increasing the amount of money per school, then it's pointless. Like you're not helping anyone. Um, but if that helps, then, then, you know, or if that works, then, then it's doable. But I mean, I would probably, I, I would, Dave kind of stole my idea. I think a lot of people have talked about like merging with the pack 10 or like t- doing a scheduling Alliance or like even picking off some of their teams. Like we're talking about now, I think picking off from the big 12 might be the big 12 seems a little bit more stable now, but 
Um, there's a lot of Texas markets there. Um, you know, you, you could potentially do that and it wouldn't be such a leap geographically. Um, and you could maybe, I mean, if you really wanted to get creative and like try to put together the best possible package for ESPN to, and get them to okay it, um, is like, you're at 14 now, let's say, I'm going to say go to 18 and those 18 are like Washington, Oregon, TCU and Oklahoma state or something like that. Um, which covers a bunch of different States, a bunch of different markets. Um, I know that Texas and Oregon are not close, but at least there's like something of a Midwestern or like a central footprint as well as a Western one now. So it doesn't seem so weird. Um, I think something like that might work if the ACs or if ESPN was in on it. And the reason I think they could be is because the PAC 10 is kind of like a diminished product. Um, there are some teams in that league that are not attractive from a, you know, a, a realignment standpoint, which is unfortunate for those programs. And I feel bad for them, um, but it's true. And then you could maybe like get into Texas and things like that. But I also think like if you're going to add teams from the Pac-12, you could do like a Washington, Oregon, Colorado, Utah or something like that um, and grab Denver um, as well. But, yeah, I mean, none of the options are great. Obviously, there's like huge geographic issues. Um, and that's I think Dave's point was sort of like it would be nice to have a bunch of teams out there if you're going to take any because then they can kind of play each other more and you don't have to worry so much about like flying back and forth between coasts all the time. Um it's a t tricky situation and um, there's not like an obvious ad because like if Oregon and Washington were so valuable, the big 10 would have just taken them. Right. Um, but they didn't. So that tells you that they're kind of like valuable, but not as valuable as others. So um, we'll just have to see where that goes. But yeah, that's probably what I would do is try to like Oregon and Washington would probably be like my top two priorities and then maybe getting into Texas or something like that. Yeah, I mean, not to change the scope of the conversation, but one thing that like really concerns me with all of this stuff, when you start talking about having, you know, 3000 miles between schools is what we just went through two years ago. It's like everyone forgot, right? Oh, we got like no revenue for a year because we had to shut down due to, due to a pandemic. Um, like your TV revenues right now is college football is probably hotter than it's ever been. But I can tell you, like with the NIL going like it's going, the transfer portal is going like going like it's going, and all these rivalries. Like, look, it's great you added to Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, um, but there's a lot of other games that are no longer going to matter because of that. They're not going to play every school every year. So at some point, you just water down your product so much where it's hard to imagine 10 years from now, the interest in college football being what it was prior to this year. Um, so like, you know, especially look, if you yeah. lock a bunch of teams out. Yeah. But you know, if you get into a spot where your revenues start going down, if now for your non-revenue sports, your teams have to travel across the country, how do they survive? And I know that's not what's driving this boat, but if I'm an athletic director, I'm thinking about that, you know, um, and I think there's plenty of schools who are, even some who are within the SEC and Big Ten already. Um, you know, schools like Vanderbilt, Northwestern, that has to be in the back of their head. Like, are you, you guys setting us up to spend all this money and ultimately have to cut programs when, when things start turning south a little bit? Um, so to me, it's a little nonsensical to be doing this kind of stuff two years after um, having to cancel so many games. And I mean, I'm, and look, I, I don't think we're going to have another one, but we probably will, right? <laughs> Something will happen. We saw how quick it, it happened. 
Um, like, I just keep going back to what I said a couple of weeks ago and feel like every podcast, it just doesn't feel like there's any adults in the room. Um, especially, you know, you've got a, you know, the PAC 10 as it is right now, is still a decent conference. Um, they could just you know, stay as they are. Yeah. And, you know, my whole idea for this thing is, you know, Ferber and I had a nerd chat about it last week. I think it was um, just a scheduling alliance. Like, you know, if you're Notre Dame, the PAC 10 and the ACC, go to, go to ESPN and say, look, we're going to play crossover games. We're going to play whatever six in the ACC schools are going to play seven other ACC schools. And then three PAC 10 schools. And then we'll have two out of conference games and hey, we'll bring Notre Dame in. We'll figure out a way where all of us play 10 games amongst Pac-10, ACC, and Notre Dame. And then Notre Dame could be eligible for a Pac-10 ACC title game without having to give up their independence. So something simple that, to me, if you're ESPN, that's beautiful. Con, you know, That's worth more money because you can keep some of your existing rivalries in the Pac-10 together. You can have some late-night games to show. You can bring those teams to the East Coast. You still got Notre Dame. And then ESPN gets their late night content that they want. Yeah. And then, you know, the other bugaboo sitting out there is when you're talking about this much money per school, this much money per conference, there's nothing to keep Fox or NBC from saying, hey, if uh, we don't want you to play any SEC games this year, we, we want to keep our product separate from theirs. We don't want them to accident, you know, and vice versa, you know. So at some point, like independence in Notre Dame or being in a smaller conference, might you might not have the option to go play these other schools. So I kind of I kind of like the scheduling alliance idea a little better than expansion. And excuse my cracking voice, I'm trying not to cough. Yeah, I mean, as as long as there's actually some money behind a scheduling alliance, right? I mean, as long as it actually like helps the bottom line, I think it wouldn't be a bad idea. And I've said on this podcast before realignment really. One of the issues in college football is, and I guess maybe it's not as big of an issue because you have teams making $100 million a year now in media rights, but um, so maybe things are fine. Um, is that you, have, you play a watered down schedule with four non conference games. That's too many. Like, I mean, I'm not saying you get rid of all of them, but four is too many. Like, a third of your schedule is non conference games. For UVA this year, that's Richmond, Illinois, ODU, and Coastal. Yes, you're going to win some games, but those games aren't meaningful games like nationally or even locally a lot of times. Like they're just games you try to get through without injuries and win. And you pay the team the money for coming to your campus and you call it a day. That part of the reason the NFL is so popular is because all the games sort of matter. You know, you don't have the Indianapolis Colts playing like a team that's a semi-pro team. <laughs> like it doesn't doesn't work like that. So I think that the ACC, one of the things they could do is maybe bite the bullet a little bit and say we're going to play fewer non-conference games, play more relevant games, give ESPN more content, and then like you said, Dave, like potentially, um, you know, do some sort of scheduling alliance, get creative, um, find a way to make it work. Um, and, and see if ESPN's willing to placate them a little bit. You know, ESPN, that's the, the issue I had with the swim-swam thing. Like, I, you know, I'm sure he's good at swimming coverage. I'm not saying he's not, but, like, 
it makes no sense, like financially, whatever, that ESPN would rip up a deal that is like way, way, way in their favor with the ACC. It just doesn't make any sense unless they feel like the SEC and the Big Ten are going to like lock the ACC out of the playoff or something, um, which I don't think they can do at this point. Um, so, you know, you get to the point where it's like, why that doesn't make any sense. So like, you have to find a way to get ESPN to the table and let them give you a little bit more money while keeping the schools locked in. Um, scheduling alliances and stuff like that is really your only option. Cause ESPN is not going to come back to the ACC and randomly be like, Oh, you know, we feel like we're underpaying. you, So like, we should pay you more and keep everybody together. Cause that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Especially with the grant of rights in place. Yeah, and if you you know if you're playing ten games against a uh, against your conference and an alliance conference and maybe an independent like Notre Dame, you don't need to triple your double your TV revenue. You know, if you can just add five to ten million dollars more a year and everyone gets that, that's ten of the you know that's most of your opponents are gonna be operating with the same budget. So maybe that makes makes it hard for you to make the playoff. Well, spoiler alert: most teams in this alliance aren't going to make the playoff anyway. Right. Um, but it does allow them to to kind of keep their athletic programs going and keep most of what they already have. And to me, it's just a simpler solution than in trying to keep building these super conferences because, you know, I guess the only, the only, um, well, not the only, but uh, the other thing that could happen is, you know, if the SEC and big 10 get to 40 schools, most likely they're just going to say, Hey, bye-bye NCAA. Like we're at football. We're taking our football self somewhere else. Um, and if that's the case, it's going to happen whether the ACC is, you know, instead of a third or fourth place conference, clearly the third best conference still doesn't help them much. Um, so, like, I, I just think you, you've got to be calm with it. So, Notre Dame in an alliance to me is definitely the safest, safest route. And that's why I think, you know, Brad, you said that was good news for the ACC. That's the reason is like they wouldn't join the Big Ten. So, it's like a defensive move. And then the ACC gets to keep playing those like four or five games against them every year, keep some of that money. Um, without that, I mean, if Notre Dame says they're going to the Big Ten tomorrow, like you're going to have some schools trying to get out of the grant rights. Like even though it's ironclad and all this stuff, like I guarantee you, you're going to have some lawyers in rooms trying to figure out how like, oh, well, you know, Notre Dame leaving changes the deal, which I mean, you could make that case, I think. Um, and, and they're going to try to get out and, you know, do whatever they can. Well, let's 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 entertain that. Let's entertain that there is some something happens, and you know what, the the ACC boat is taking water, and there's just clearly no way to get it straight. So there has to be an abandoned ship. The best case scenario for UVA sports, if the ACC comes apart at the seams, is Dave fill in that blank. Um, to get into one of the other two. No, I'm, um, I'm asking you to choose. I'm, 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 I'm saying which, which, which of the two mega conferences do you want to be a part of, and why? Well, we had discussion. We had, we had this exact question a couple podcasts ago, and I said the big, just you know, big, um, big Ten, just because of you know, there's some more interesting rivalries to me. But when that when that swimsuit thing came out, and I started thinking about the SEC, I'm like, no, nah, that's more fun. So yeah, put me in the SEC. Um, as far as why, it, uh, why not? <laughs> you know, if Virginia's an SEC, Virginia Tech's not, then that makes me feel good. For fill in the blank. 
that's why people come here. Yeah, I mean, I, I said it last time, like after we finished recording, but I think the Big Ten fits UVA better, but the SEC is more fun. Like that would be the more fun league to be in. Um, and yeah, you're going to get your ass kicked plenty. But that's also <laughs> true in the Big Ten. You're going to be playing Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Like you're going to lose a lot of games. Um, but, you know, I, I think like, especially the way that like the way that it was reported, by swim swam I hate saying that by the way i'm just going to call him Braden keith his name um that would have been like one of the best case scenarios for uva if the acc was actually headed down right it's like you're going to the sec with clemson florida state north carolina you know three schools you're familiar with one that's like one of your oldest or your oldest rival um you know and I don't think you want to make it all about what happens to like tech and other schools, but like you kind of got in before they could, which helps you. I mean, maybe tech gets an invite down the road or something, but like, um, you know, if you're talking about like in-state pecking order, you're in a better spot maybe than, than they are. And then other rivals for recruits and things like that going forward. So I think that's probably where I would want to be, but at the same time, like, I don't want to sound like I'm hedging, but like the big 10 would be good too. You know, that would be fine. Um, there'd be plenty of, you know, rivalries there. I think it's probably a better basketball league ultimately. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that if you can, the best case scenario for UVA, if the ACC falls apart is getting into either of those leagues and then having some other ACC teams in there too, so that you have some sense of like normalcy in a different world. Safety in numbers. Um, well, also it's like, you know, it's like, we're, yeah, we're giving up what we're used to, but we don't have to give up like the South Slopes rivalry or basketball games against Carolina or whatever it is. Um, you know, and, and then you kind of like, it's like, we're trying to, we're starting some new stuff, but like where it's not all completely different, you know, and you still have some like local rivalries that matter and things like that. Um, all right. A couple thoughts. First off, I think the best case scenario for UVA is to go to the SEC. I think honestly that what Swim Swim laid out was the best case scenario, right? Yeah. Carolina, Clemson, Florida State. So you get some classic, you know, ACC stuff, but you also get Carolina. You go to the SEC. Tech doesn't get to go to the SEC, which will, you know, yeah. burn up. And you're Virginia's. You become Virginia's SEC team. Exactly. Yeah. And listen, I understand. Like, and I know we can't have this conversation without every. You know, there's going to be a segment of people like, oh, I don't want to do this. this. is stupid. The ACC, you know, ACC is home. I get that. We're we're not we're not advocating for this. We're not. We, this wasn't. You know, in the words of Tupac Shakur, we were giving this. We didn't make it right. Um, but at the same time, man, like, it would actually be interesting, right? Like, from a basketball standpoint, there's a lot of good teams in the SEC, right? Um, and it would be fun to watch. There's a lot of really good baseball programs in the SEC. There's a lot of athletic department, you know, sort of um, goodies under the tree, so to speak. Now, granted, there are some 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 sports that UVA has that the SEC doesn't, and ultimately those sports would have to be independents in those sports, um, which could in, in some ways actually, you know, be a little bit of a benefit at times in some ways. Um, but I absolutely think the best, the best out- outcome for UVA sports fans is what i just described the best outcome for uva might be the big 10 um but it is definitely the less interesting the less fun the less uh, attractive option and frankly like if it's if that's the way it goes and virginia has to you know you know hop a flight to you know purdue and you're playing all, you know, like it's just i don't know man like part of it i guess the sec being fun even if you're going to get your brains kicked in in football a lot 
right? That that part of it will make the whole transition a lot easier. Um, but I do think the the best case scenario is going with other teams and laying in the SEC. Um, it also helps that you for UVA, like if you were in the SEC as it's currently constructed, um, assuming that they put you with some like in the same, I, I would assume they're going to do the same scheduling model the ACC has. You're probably not playing like the most ridiculous schedule of all time because of where they are in the northeastern part of the conference. Like you'd be playing like North Carolina, South Carolina, Kentucky, you know, maybe Tennessee, South, you know, those you're not going to be playing like Texas A&M as your like rival, I don't think. And Alabama and LSU. I I also think um all right, let's say a scenario where Virginia goes to the Big Ten, Virginia Tech's in the SEC. I feel like that's the worst case scenario. Like, then I don't know, man. Like that's, that's not the worst case, but it's pretty uh, close. That's pretty close. I, think I mean, I think I think you could spin it as a, not a positive, but like you could spin it as it works because, like, I think UV it might help UVA Northern Virginia a little bit um, because then you're kind of in the in with those other teams. But yeah, I mean, the SEC is the more valuable brand in like recruiting and stuff i think so yeah there's just whereas like the big 10 has good recruiting schools but they're like individual brands right it's it is ohio state it is michigan it's penn state on their own like nobody's like oh i'm going to i can't wait to go play in the big 10 yeah the only thing i can't wait to go play at penn state but like when you you get an offer from tennessee it's like oh okay it's an sec program right it's it's funny it's like if the only time the big 10 matters if you're a running back you know if you're a running back you want to go to the big 10 you know, like you hear running backs say, like, I want to be, I want to play in the Big Ten. Um, but otherwise, like, nah. Like, a lot of it's just individual brands. Um, whereas the SEC is certainly a, a much bigger umbrella. And they have a lot more, like, um, I don't want to call them duds, but kind of duds, like, in their league. Um, you know, like, the SEC, like, who are the brands that, like, oh, yeah, they don't really fit. Like, they're not, they don't have, like, a football program. Vanderbilt, Missouri. And maybe Missouri, yeah. Vanderbilt, Missouri. Everybody Arkansas, else is South Carolina. South Carolina. Every, yeah. Everybody else is trying though, like to be good at football. Is Indiana what's, trying what's, to be good? Yeah, that's like, the thing, right? Is it in the is, SEC? Is Rutgers? <laughs> is Maryland? Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they, exactly. And then and then you keep going down the list, and it's like Minnesota, and, the, and it's like all right, you can start to add up like a bunch of teams that are like Illinois, um, that like could be good from like one year to the next, but like they don't, they're not like even. I wouldn't even put them in like Arkansas's group, you know, things like that. I have a fun exercise for you guys, unless you had a big question coming, Brad. No, I just um, was going to say my point about what I was going to say is that you you brought up the the sort of like the clunkers that come along in the in the in the in the marriage, right? And in the SEC, you 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 get a lot of these like sort of like also ran programs who think that they're bigger a bigger deal than they actually are, right? So you have like Tennessee. It, okay, yeah, exactly. So you get like let's you you have the old misses in Mississippi states, right? Who are for the SEC, not that big a deal, but if they were in most other conferences, would probably be pretty good, right? Then you have these other, like, former national championship winning programs who sort of think that they're a bigger deal than they actually are, who recruit at a high level but then can't seem to, like, get over the hump, right? Um, and I'm going to throw LSU in there right now because I, I have no idea what's going to happen in the Brian Kelly era. And I, but well, they I were sort of like a one-year wonder. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they, they had it cooking at times, you know? Yeah. But – like realistically, the SEC football wise is is who right? It's Alabama. Um, it's supposed to be Florida, but we don't know where they it's are. It's like Alabama, and then whoever the challenger is. Right, exactly. Whoever it is that year, Alabama and Georgia, Georgia are certain, yeah. the top two right now. And then you, if you if you want to throw, um, 
you know, if you want to throw Auburn in there, you can. But I mean, you know, there's some weird stuff going on with that dude, and 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 like he almost got fired and then didn't. It was just very strange. Florida's got a new coach. Tennessee. I mean, there there are these other programs which are like we we kind of think of the SEC as being this like you know murderers row, and it is in if if those teams are playing up to their like program potential, but a lot of them just haven't been right in the Big Ten. You end up you're going to end up getting Maryland. Right. And that was something I was thinking about. It's like in this scenario we're talking about, it's like, okay, if the if UVA ends up in the Big Ten, Tech ends up in the SEC. But now you're gonna have to play Maryland in multiple sports across the I don't I I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying I want UVA to get left out of the left out in the cold, but I really don't want to ever go back to College Park for any reason whatsoever, ever. I'll right. Do it next year anyway. Oh, I know. <laughs> Ugh, it's gross. Um but yeah, that that was one thing I had not really we had not discussed yet, which was the Maryland of it all, right? Another thing like, too, real. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say we we all thought that we were done with them, and now they're back. But anyway, go ahead. And somehow they got this right, which like by accident. By accident. But yeah, now but it's no. like now they're like ah ha ha, like everybody <laughs> made fun of us. Um, no, I was just gonna say like you were talking about like the SEC and the depth and everything. That's one of the issues, and I think the SEC is a better league. Like, if you watch it, they have more players that go to the NFL. Like, you know, it's, it's pretty clear that their rosters are a little bit more talented, at least. Um, a lot more cheaters. Blah, blah, blah. Right, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's all connected, right? Yeah. Um, but what, I'm, what I was trying to say is, like, the fact that they're all – they have the perception of being good, even if maybe they're not as good. It's the same thing with, like, the NCAA tournament. It's like everybody was like, the ACC is terrible. So then it's like you don't get to play ranked teams – so like you don't get like good wins and then you don't get attention. And so like it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and that's sort of where ACC football is. And it's been for a while, you know, and the reason I thought about this is somebody, I think it was Dave, or maybe I just saw it on like Twitter or something. It was like UVA's 1990 something year schedule five, maybe. And they played like in 11 or 12 games, they played like six ranked teams or seven. Yeah, and it's like, that's an SEC schedule now. Like, the ACC, you would never play that many ranked teams unless you had like a loaded out of conference schedule or something. No, it was like so, 2002. It was Gro's first year. Yeah. And so it, it becomes like, all right, cool. Like that's why, that's why it mattered more than they were actually playing like meaningful games against some of the best teams. And now it's like, even if NC State's good, if they're not ranked and like Wake isn't ranked and all those teams aren't ranked, those games don't really mean as much on the national level. And they don't draw the attention and all that. So the SEC and the Big Ten will continue to churn out all these ranked teams, which means that their league will be perceived to be better, even if it isn't that much better. Um, and, and on, you know, it just kind of like the machine kind of refuels itself over and over again. Um, so then your league is relegated to that status, no matter what, if that makes sense. Um, Dave, what was your proposal? Yeah, what was your proposal, Dave? Oh, oh I'll get there, but... Uh... <laughs> How are you ranking teams once these super conferences are formed? Exactly, and then the there's less polls? crossover games. It's like how do you how do you decide? <laughs> if you so got 14 much, conference coaches, you can just vote everyone in your conference top 25 every week. And then, well, the dirty little secret is the rankings are kind of rigged anyway because like yeah. the preseason poll affects everything that comes after it. Yeah. So like if a team is ranked sixth and another team is unranked, it probably takes like 11 weeks for that team to pass that other team if they're like relatively similar. So if like the team that's unranked is like nine and two and playing really well, and the team that started number six is like seven and four, they, that's about the time where they would probably start to like pass each other, like, yeah. and and that's that just kind of like makes it 
it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like Miami last year was like number nine or something to start the season. And they, they remained ranked until they were like two and three or something stupid like that. Um, yeah, no, it's crazy. But, you know, so we were kind of came up like, you know, you've got the heavyweights in these conferences and then the Indianas, the Vanderbilts. Um, so here's the scenario. We, we know the ACC is not going to survive um, because, you know, the, the big, you know, the big 10 or SEC is going to gobble up the better teams and one of them is not going to be Virginia. So that's the scenario, right? Virginia's not going to get into one of the big ones. Okay. But the, but you know, the big 10 commissioner, SEC commissioner say, Hey, we'll let you take some of our lesser teams. If you give us some of your football teams so you can keep a conference together. Um, just a totally random exercise. I just thought, so who would you, so let's say you got to send Virginia tech to the sec, but you can pick a school that you think would fit what's left for the ACC for more of you as a fan. Cause you're not making much money on this at that point. Um, all right, so if you're asking me, all right, hold on. If you're asking me to craft a conference, so you're basically like you're I, trading some better teams okay, I got to you. the SEC okay. and the big, so they'll just let you keep. They're okay. basically pillaging your football brands, but you get to sort of be like in a second class status, and they'll throw you like a couple of teams. Okay, so you. so let's yeah, trade. So you can right, trade. For, say, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go? First? Yeah. So is this for all sports or just football? All sports. Like okay, you're making so, a new conference, so you can still exist as an athletic entity. The easy trade for me is somebody goes to the SEC, we get Kentucky. Yep, that's where I was going to. Kentucky was my first bet. And then we get Kentucky, Duke, Carolina basketball mm-hmm, yeah. every year. Which and I mean, maybe Kentucky you make football more money is, out of that. <laughs> I mean, Kentucky football is not bad. I mean, they might actually be pretty decent this year. Yeah. Um, like, and when I say pretty but decent, I'm sure Kentucky like, would you, be. Pretty you got to tell me who you're this. kicking out. Yeah. <laughs> you got to tell me who you're kicking out. Oh, it, well, in, see here, in their okay. place, so Florida State, I guess. I don't well, know. all right. This is my thing. Am I having to trade actually good teams for them? Because I think like, we should just to make it a more fun. Try to like an equivalent, like if equivalent, they're a good okay. basketball school. Because I don't think, trade Kentucky for Louisville. And I was going to say, yeah, Louis, like let's just yes. swap them. You know, swap yeah. them right now. <laughs> yeah. I throw, I throw in Tech too. Yeah, do, it, do it today, <laughs> or let's let's. And I mean, I I think you could you could design a pretty decent like multi, you know, team so to speak trade right where you could throw Louisville and Tech in there and get Kentucky. Um, I mean, honestly, Tennessee wouldn't be bad, you know. Like, yeah, but there's a lot. There's obviously a lot there, and they're you know that they're they're fans of them out there. Like, but I mean, that's a really good basketball program. Um, you know, there's a lot. This is why promotion and relegation makes so much sense. Oh, here we go. Do yep. it. But this, that and maybe that's how that comes. Like, we're gonna set. We know you guys are a lesser program. We're gonna set the ACC up as the what's the what's the one below Premier League? Like the championship. Yeah, so that's going to be the championship. So we're yeah. So what you do is the ACC Sorry, feeds Indiana, into the you SEC, go to the and the Big Twelve feeds into the Pac twelve or or whatever. I guess I don't know how that would work, but or you could just do it like that or yeah. whatever. And then it's like okay, your ACC champion and runner up go to the Big Ten next year, and uh, Northwestern and Purdue are going down, like you know, or whatever. Um, yeah, I think that would be fun. But yeah, I mean. Honestly, in your doomsday scenario, what I would want to happen is like to keep playing football and try to make it as meaningful as possible. Um, maybe you add like the service academies or something um, for football and just try to like keep people interested. I know that, you know, you would have a hard time getting people to care. Um, but honestly, like if the ACC fell apart and like, that for all 10 the football, years, we're used to that. Let's say all the football brands left, um, but you still have like UVA and Duke and Wake and 
Syracuse and all the schools. What I would want them to do is just say, screw it. We're just going to become like basically the new big East and we're going to play football, but we're going to have, we're going to be a basketball focused league. And it's like, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I don't want this to happen, but that's when I would be like, we're inviting Villanova for basketball. We're inviting whoever else for basketball and you just go full pivot. And then you try to get the best basketball deal you can possibly get with like ESPN or whatever. Um, and you still play football and, and like Villanova isn't in the football conference, but like um, at least that way it's like, well, there's still something going on. Like, you know, it's not, we're still good at something. Um, but I mean, I don't think that's what's going to happen, but you never know. I think honestly, like if you ask me what I think is going to be happening in like 10 years when we get closer to the grant of rights is it'll probably be pretty similar to what we have now. Um, the SEC and the big 10 will clearly be the two best leagues, but I think like the ACC champion and like the big 12 champion or pack 10 or whatever's left out there, they'll get into the playoff automatically or something. And, you know, the ACC will probably be a one bid league and the ACC the SEC will probably get like four teams in. Um, but UVA will still be playing for a conference title and doing the best they can. And hopefully there's still bowl games and things like that. Um, but, you know, you're kind of have to gonna get used to like not being able to compete for, the same things that the sec teams are, but that's already kind of the case. So that doesn't, that reality doesn't scare me as much as it might scare other people. The problem becomes like, my fear is more like the sec and the, in the big 10 could literally just end everybody else's chance to get it. They could just be like, we're the new premier league and it's over for everybody else. Like, you know, in football anyway. Yeah. I mean, you can't have 40 schools who all are the same, right? Like, I mean, that's one of the great What's things about college football right? is the diversity and how many teams <laughs> yeah. there are and how much content there is. Like, yeah. Well, speaking of content, I want to real quick before we wrap up, I do think we have to, you know, I mentioned this before, like, I think we have to keep in mind that like, you know, several times in here, we've talked about ESPN. We've said like, you know, the leagues essentially need to go, the league needs to go to ESPN and be like, what do you want? Like, what, what is, what, what is the thing? Because we understand that the TV deal is the thing that is controlling the dog here. Right. Th- that is the tail that is wagging the dog. And, I still think on some level ESPN will want to have more than just the SEC. If, if, if the big 10 was an, was an ESPN property, I don't, I think it would be lights out, right? Yeah. Then they would just create like the super league, the super league. And it wouldn't, and it wouldn't matter. I, I think the fact that the big 10 is not an S an ESPN property allows the ESPN to say, okay, we want to have the biggest league, which is the SEC, we want to put together a package for everybody else to, to to stay because they need that content. They genuinely have to have it. Yeah. If you make they the SEC not to. totally irrelevant by like splitting them off from the power structure, it's like you're just killing off your content. And right. then that money that they're paying the ACC is actually bad value for them. Right. And see, that's what I, and, and, and I mean, listen, I'm not, I, I don't wear tinfoil hats, but this is my, my thought on the whole PAC 12, Big 12 mergers that ESPN was like, no, we're not going to let you do that because that actually is not helpful to us, right? They want to keep these little mini fiefdoms with the tradition and stuff. It's already weird enough that you have some of these teams going elsewhere, but that actually paid them more money, right? It's it's better for ESPN's bottom line to have Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC. It's better for the Big Ten's bottom line, right, to have USC and UCLA in the Big Ten, but it's not better for ESPN's bottom line and therefore the conference's bottom line, right? or in this case, the SECs and the ACCs, right? Because the ESPN needs to continue to exist. It's not in their best interest to have all of these conferences together. I, that's the thing I think when, when Dave talks about the adults in the room, 
the thing I always think about is like, ultimately they're going to end up doing what is the right thing, but they're going to do it for the wrong reason. They're going to do the right thing, which is a sort of let let this thing be more regional and, and traditional and, and for all intents and purposes, right? Even though obviously there are going to be a lot of changes and you're going to have conferences whose uh, names don't mean anything, right? You're going to have plenty of teams in the Southeastern Conference that are not on the Southeastern portion of the United States, right? But they're going to do the right thing um, for the wrong reason, which is that they're going to they're going to do it for the money. They're going to do it because the money does it doesn't make as much sense monetarily if you just pack everybody in there because then you've degraded the, the the product and now ESPN which has rights with the ACC it has rights with other conferences like those conferences they don't matter and why do people want to watch them because that's not what that's not real right and if there's anything we learned uh, over the course of the last what 50 years it's that like fans who watch these things like they really want good competition like just because you have I don't know Apple bought uh, Major League Soccer right that's great how many people are really watching major league soccer, right? Because I think and one of the reasons people don't like it is because there's no promotion or relegation and stuff. Right. And, like, and, and it's the not the best hearts. of the best. It's not yeah. the best of the best. Yeah. It's right? just not a good league. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a, yeah, it's just not, you know, we've, we, and then we look at what this. happened in Europe with the super league. Like that was basically what is being like bandied around here is like, you know, potentially that could be what happens to college football and fans like literally lost their minds and the fans of the teams that were going to it, like, you know, it yeah. would be the They're equivalent like, nope, if, if, nope, if like Alabama yeah. and Ohio State fans were like, no, like, you know, we don't want this, um, you know. And so, like, I think and now and they ultimately caved because they realized that, like, if you don't have the fans, you don't have anything. And I think that's one of the things that, like, could end up screwing these networks is if they miscalculate and they say there's only really 40 teams that matter. So we're going to, like, make those teams, you know, like play in a different league that no other team can get into. There's no promotion and relegation into that league. Um, so nobody can fight to get in there or earn it. Um, it's just like where your program is geographically and things like that. Um, if you do that and then all of a sudden your sport goes from like 112 fan bases, albeit, you know, some of them are smaller than those top 40 to 40 because those other a hundred fan bases or whatever, aren't going to be, they're not going to care about the premier league of, of college football as much because it does their team's not in it. Like, so the, you know, they're going to tune out. Um, they might casually watch it, but then it's like in 15 years, they're like, Oh crap, we lost a huge portion of our, you know, viewer base because like people just don't care because their team isn't in it anymore. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts before we wrap up this week? No, I'm just going to, well, one last thing. Um, I mean, if the ACC has something going for it, other than, you know, it's not the grand array. It's like, I mean, that's great, I guess, from keeping teams from defecting, but kind of makes expanding or doing anything. The grant of rights is good if you're like Boston College. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, if you want to stay in ACC, some of the ACC, some of those schools, or... some of the schools are making more money than they should. Be. Yeah, Wake Forest is like, thank God we signed that thing. <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, if there's a, there's another little thing, and I might be wrong on this, but if you look at the two super conferences as they are, it seems to me the ACC has more schools that are kind of natural rivals for teams within those conferences, especially if you can get Notre Dame on board. Um, than the Big 12 or Pac, you know, the Pac-10 have. Um, so there's going to be interest in those schools always kind of, you know, and having some connection to the ACC to keep those robberies going. So whether that saves the ACC, I don't know. But yeah, 
I think it does ACC seem like it'd be really good if like Miami came back and Florida State got good. And, I mean, that's what know. I'm saying is that like ultimately, like the best thing they can have of the ACC, especially this season, right? Like, yeah, if the ACC wants to just if the ACC could have a handful of teams that were just like kicking some serious tail, right, and really putting it out there, putting points on the board, beat the crap out of people playing really good games against each other and that kind of thing, like turning heads like that would be, I mean, ultimately like what we're talking about is essentially TV money, which is interest and interest is absolutely driven, not just by tradition and, and such and such. It's absolutely driven by storylines, right? By momentum, right? It's driven by humans who want to watch a thing, right? The reason that the number one song in America right now is from 1985 is because the biggest show in the world made it like its centerpiece and a whole lot of people who had no idea it existed were like, oh, I want to listen to that song. Now, I'm not saying that Virginia football is running up that hill. I'm just saying oh, that... God. What you didn't like? You didn't like that? <laughs> you didn't like that? <laughs> that was like something from like a sermon or something. <laughs> um, I mean, look, I can't help. That's the name of the. What song. you need to do is run up that hill towards Christ. Like, you know. <laughs> um. Anyway, meanwhile, back at my point. Um. But I'm not saying that UVA football is like that. I'm just saying that like it. It's. It is a interest driven thing. And so like if you have some good teams and people are all of a sudden like interested in the hey, the U is really back this time. Or it's like Tyler State. Van Dyke is like the Heisman cont- like leader <laughs> or whatever. Like, you know, like that stuff matters, you know. Yeah, it definitely does. And I mean, like, and I'm not saying it's gonna happen in a year, but you know what? You sc- you put three or four of them together and suddenly the, the conversation changes some. So that's all I'm that's all I got on that. All right. Let's wrap this thing up. Um if you're somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is you get your programs. You're, I'm, supposed, I'm supposed to tell you to follow us there. Apparently, subscribing is like not the thing anymore. You're supposed to follow us there, but also a rating and review would help um, get, generate some interest. Um, now, if you're somebody who's found the pod, it's not given this look at the website yet. You can check us out at CavsCorner.com. Uh, Ferber had a nice breakdown of the non-conference hoop slate. Um Houston talked to uh, the Gertrude kid, who's a pretty fast-rising guy. I'm really interested to see what what all comes out of uh, Peach Jam this week as well. Um, Ferber also did a deep dive into the 2023 recruiting class. You can check. He's got a couple of uh, countdown to camp pieces, one on the changes on the offense, and then one on film room on the uh, two-back system. Um, so anyway, definitely give all of that and then some a look when you get a chance. I want to thank My Perfect Franchise. For their support of the website and of the show, you can visit MyPerfectFranchise.net for more information on how you can find freedom in your next venture and discover the perfect franchise for you. I want to thank everybody out there for supporting the show. And, of course, I want to thank Dave and Ferber for being graciously of their time. As always, I very much appreciate all that they do. So, for David Spence and Justin Ferber and Brad Franklin, publisher of CatsCorner.com, thanks for coming out. See you soon. Hey.